99.3 DAB, the home of international students. On Radio Nova. Welcome back to Snackery Canors. My name's Sophie and I'm going to be moving on to the next topic in our women's health show today. I'm going to be talking about birth control, more specifically um, the pill, the oral pill. Um, So to start off with a little introduction, as women in a westernised society, it's not uncommon to take birth control at least one point in our lives. Um, And regardless of the stigma surrounding birth control um, relating to preventing pregnancy, birth control has also been prescribed for other health conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, acne and hormone regulations. And I think it's really important to note that because there is a stigma surrounding birth control, especially as it's most commonly used, you know, to for safe sex and um, preventing pregnancies. Um, however, it is very much a valid medication for um, really difficult um, medical conditions that um, women or, you know, persons with um, a vagina um, experience every day. So... Yeah, though birth control seems like um, an easy op- uh, option for practicing safe sex and preventing pregnancies, hormonal contraception, contraceptive such as the pill often comes with nasty side effects such as mood swings, weight gain, anxiety and depression, blood clotting and so much more. And for these reasons it's really important to note like the inequalities that lie within the culture of taking birth control um, and its impact on women daily and long term. Um, which we'll get into in a little minute. But first of all, let's define what the pill is. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's an oral prescription of synthetic progesterone or estrogen hormones, which basically stops the egg from being released um, from the ovaries and therefore preventing pregnancy. Yeah, so today I'm going to be focusing on um, the inequalities that I've briefly discussed and particularly like the social and economic imbalance that comes along with taking birth control. Um, but to start off, I thought I would maybe ask the table um, if you guys don't mind sharing, if you've ever taken birth control and just a little brief bit about your experience. I have. I oh, I have a whole list, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I started taking birth control when I was 17. I can't, maybe 16 mm. but I think I want to say 17 to be safe this is way before I was sexually active it's just because I don't like my period mm. I want to get rid of it start with a pill I'm a very forgetful person <laughs> <laughs> I used to be taking my pills all the way from 7am to 2am whenever I remember and I had this like diet strict pill because I'm prone to get blood clots heart diseases just because it's in my family we mm-hmm. I did this whole round of I went to the gynecologist I went to the doctor I took my blood test like it was a whole thing that I went to I went through and they were like you need to go to this pill but this pill you have to take it at 10 p.m every day or like 2 p.m every day I was mm-hmm. like oh sure <laughs> 26 hours difference it's fine <laughs> two pills a day because I forgot that one last night sure and um, I I feel like a lot of people relate to this Um, but yeah so I just ended up going to the doctor like this is not working it's not working for Mm -hmm. me and I ended up getting the implant Um, Mm -hmm. for people who don't know the implant it's the thing that goes in your arm been happy about it until I had to change it the first time and my doctor gave me the another prescription than I was used to and I was like oh I'm sure it's fine I really don't care like you're the doctor I trust my doctors with my life Mm -hmm. literally um but yeah then I ended up in this little spiral of depression I ended up calling like the suicide line and I was it was 
bed. I, I was like sea melt. I was out of work because I was sick. I like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all because of mm. breath control. And then one day I woke up feeling fine again, like a little clips and I was fine again. And I felt like, mm-hmm. but yeah, never mm, really changed yeah. it. And now I'm good. And that's the hormone balance right there. That's it's the hormone balance. So unpredictable. Like I knew I would, I'm way too unreliable a person to take the pill. I mm. knew from the get go, I could never do that. I have like the most unorganized daily routine that if anyone I know, sometimes I wake up at 2pm, sometimes I wake up at 8am. Mm. I could not take the pill to mm. save my life. So I just went straight on um, that implant as well. And the first year was literal hell. Um, I like bled like every day for three months and then they were trying to give me like other contraceptives but I was like nah 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 like my hair's fully falling out I don't need like anymore I'm sorry rewind what yeah like my hair was like coming out in the shower like it was crazy um yeah and anxiety was like skyrocketed um but they did say to me they were like we can't take it out because in the UK, obviously, we have free healthcare and they won't do anything unless they absolutely have to. So basically, unless you're like dying, dying they're not going to take it out for you. So they were like, nah, nah, like just wait and see how you get on. And then after a year, it did settle, to be fair, and now it's absolutely fine. But I don't know if I would recommend people to stick it out for a year if you Mm-mm. if you can, because it's, it is a big toll on your mental and your physical health. Yeah, I, don't I think know. it's good. It's just good to be aware also that this is a, a, a potential side effect of the implants. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different side effects for different contraception. So just be aware, and you yeah. have to put up with it. You have to put up with it. But I know, yeah, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the the biggest pressures, you know, on growing up and becoming a woman, and you know, owning your sexuality um, and ha- taking that responsibility to. Um, become sexually active um, it's really important to educate yourself about birth control yeah. but that's one of the things I wanted to speak about actually is that um, although birth control has all these like horrible side effects and it's not something that anyone would want to do if they didn't have to but it is a privilege, having birth control is a privilege, having access to it is a privilege and it's definitely not a privilege that everyone has I mean there's so many uneducated women that don't have access to you know the knowledge to really know about birth control Mm. Um, and that's typically a lot of women that are in low-income areas um, and stuff like that Um, and I was reading a study where there's like six million pregnancies a year in the US and over half of them are unintentional um, which I think you know really speaks volumes about sex education in the US Um, and I think there really needs to like be a conversation that's had around that. And obviously I know there's a lot of areas in the US that are very conservative and they don't, because they're very religious, they don't have um, sex education as compulsory in schools, which I personally think is terrible. And it's just, you know... I think it goes hand in hand, isn't it? Mm. The way they are treating their population with lack of information, uh, puritanism... Uh, lack of uh, available contraception and then <laughs> abortion not being legal. Yeah, uh, exactly. So I think I, it's, you know, it's a package deal there. Exactly. Mm. It's super contradictory. It's um, on pur- but it's on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you can't win. You really can't win mm. as a woman there. Um, Don't have sex. <laughs> yeah. Don't get raped. No, but like Please. my heart goes out to any woman in the US right now because I can't imagine how scary it must be. 
And now we were talking to pill prevention and implants and yes, tell us more, Sophie. Okay, so um, the next little segment I'm going to move on to is contraceptive and being in a you know a relationship. Um, and a little interesting study I was reading um, was about sexual preference when you're taking um, hormonal birth control. Um, so this study actually showed that when women are taking hormonal birth control, um, they're less likely to notice like masculine features and masculine behaviours in men, um, which I thought was really interesting. And I'm not like exactly like the study didn't talk in detail about the actual science behind it, but basically it was carried out on partners who, um, who were chosen their significant other um, as a pill taker, and also um, it was performed on partners who were chosen by non-pill takers um, and essentially what the study had was um, it had them evaluate um, like men, their partner's like physical masculinity on a sort of like scale of like one to ten like how masculine is this part of your partner or how masculine is this part of your partner so essentially the the faces chosen by the pill takers were ranked with fewer testosterone markers which essentially meant that they looked physically less masculine to those women um although that wasn't um actual reality because when it was compared with the couples that weren't taking um birth control um they were ranked as like average testosterone markers and still like ranked with being more masculine looking so I thought that was really interesting and I thought it maybe would relate to why one of the main side effects when taking hormonal birth control is having a low libido because I don't know especially in a heteronormative relationships typically women are attracted to men that are more masculine than feminine presenting so if they're not really seeing that or they're misunderstanding their masculinity then it understands why you maybe wouldn't be as sexually attracted to them anymore (laughs) that has so much to say (laughs) go for it (laughs) well not that much I'm gonna keep it short and simple I am the opposite of that so oh. my first boyfriend, like my first serious boyfriend, I got him like right before I was 17 and he was very fam, very like very into his looks, into clothes, into like he had a fucking pedicure. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But just, I'm sorry, setting the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, met my current boyfriend um, while I was in the contraceptive. Opposite man. He is the man who will be chopping wood. He's the man who's like, out in the car doing his thing he's just a very manly man mm-hmm. with a little beard and everything and I'm like that's I'm the <laughs> complete opposite I take me out of the statistics <laughs> I mean I'm like my boyfriend is fem- well not feminine presenting but he's more feminine he's not the most masculine guy ever but I'm also not heterosexual so I feel like I can't comment on that but I can understand why you know a lot of women would maybe their libido would drop especially mm, like but then it's not been the case for you, so who knows? I just want to say that I'm into masculinity. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the gender, like female, non-gender, whatever. Mm-hmm. Masculinity is what is, it's where it is at with me. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I'm very biased in that point, though. I've exactly. always been like that. but Well, obviously, you know, there's going to be outliers and there's this this study in particular did say that there was not a ton of research on it, but from the study that they did do, that was that was what came out. But mm. um, I know that a lot of like my friends, especially that I've spoken to, it's like um, 
if they've been in a relationship for a certain amount of time and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm not attracted to him anymore. And, you know, maybe that makes sense. Maybe it is because of birth control. That is scary. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy that you can actually, like, that's like your brain changing, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, just because of hormones. It literally changing what you see. Even though it's not there. It's crazy. That is actually, that is very scary. Like, Mm -hmm. I will never go out of contraception then. (laughs) I'm just You're not, happy. I'm not You're going. Set. I'm I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm I'm seeing the house. I'm seeing the dog, you know. Exactly. I I don't want to I don't want to go through that breakup. So mm-hmm. contraceptive is where it is. It's okay. We stand it's contraceptive. My here. <laughs> it's my life from now on. That's decided. Um, today um, on this recording. Okay. You have it. Okay, it's done. Same capsule. <laughs> Gonna quote you on that now. <laughs> Watch me ten years from now trying to get a child. <laughs> oh god. That's oh, another god. thing to talk about, but that could be a whole other oh, conversation. That's a whole other conversation, guys. Um, Stay tuned for the next episode. For real. <laughs> yeah, but just to wrap up um this little segment, um I just wanted to ask, like, where does the responsibility to lie? Like, what do you guys think about whether, you know, if you're in a committed relationship, like, let's just talk about this scenario, does it automatically mean that the woman is responsible for preventing the pregnancy? Or do you think it should be, like, a shared responsibility or even just, I don't know, on the guy to kind of remind you or wear condoms or anything like that? If you're in a... I mean, the normal uh, in a committed relationship is... The woman takes the pill. You can use a condom if you feel like using a condom. But mm-hmm. I don't see really a point if you're in a committed relationship. I think the pill is just so easy yeah. at this point. You know, eventually, if you are in that relationship, you're going to think about having children. You know, it's possible. It's it's quite high on the list. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, there's always the talk about the guys taking the pills, right? Uh, mm, would yeah. we... I mean, sure, if they would like to take part i'm sure some guys they would be keen Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i think most (laughs) it would be a hassle (laughs) well actually the the male contraceptive oral pill is in testing right now um they just went into human trials in the last quarter of 2022 so we're yet to find out obviously if that'll be it'll be years in the making but i don't know i just can't really see a possibility of it being released even if it is successful honestly mm. because I think it is a very male dominated space and that's not to say that there aren't guys that would take it um, but especially in the medical fields um, as well I just can't see that like a kind of board coming to a decision where they're like yes okay let's share this responsibility I just not to be pessimistic here, but I can just see them being like, this is fine the way it is. Yeah. Let's not change it. But anything. also we see it has so much side effect for us already. So why mm-hmm. would you sell something? You know, I mean, you're really going to have to make it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, apparently there's like little to no side effects. It's not hormonal either. There's no hormones in this country. Surely there's going to be something. I know, surely there's <laughs> something <laughs> wrong. Something. But... They're going to mutate or something. <laughs> <laughs> the babies will be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh, wow. You know. But yeah, you never know. Never you know. know. Okay, okay. That spoon was uh, for thought. Is it a spoon for thought? Food for thought. A foot for food thought. For there thought. we go. A spoon is related to a spoon for thought. It works. A spoon for thought. We'll have it. <laughs> have a spoon for thought. We are talking about women's health, and this is the last segment of the show, which is mine. So I'm talking about miscarriages to end up uh, end up this show. Um, so we discussed the women's health, and it's basically based on our menstrual cycle, isn't it? Uh, puberty, and then uh, menopause, birth, and menopause, teen, maiden, mother, and elder. 
And so miscarriages, uh, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you what it's all about and why and yeah, uh, complications. It's the spontaneous loss of a pregnancy, usually before the 20th week, most likely before the 12th week of your pregnancy. It's 10 to 20% of non-pregnancy that ends in miscarriages. Um, but we don't have an actual numbers because it's probably a very common that miscarriages occur so early and that you don't even know that you are pregnant when it happens to you. So it just, you know, it could be spotting a little bit, um, losing a bit of blood and you don't even know that you were pregnant and that was a miscarriage. Okay, so 10 to 20%. Uh, it's a common experience, but that doesn't make it any easier, right? So to take a step towards your emotional healing, you have to understand what caused a miscarriage, what increases the risk and what medical care you might be needing. The miscarriage occurs because your fetus isn't developing as expected. So it's a natural way, in most cases, for your body to clear up what's not normal out there. Down here. Down there. <laughs> uh, okay, so the signs and symptoms of a miscarriage might include uh, vaginal spotting, bleeding, pain, cramping in your abdomen or lower back, fluid or tissue passing from your vagina. Uh, you have, if you go on websites, uh, you're going to find a lot of weird information, uh, information also given in a very simple and surgical way from everything that I've been reading. Uh, things like, uh, oh, uh, you think you're having a miscarriage? Please pick up your fetal tissues uh, popped out of you and bring them to your doctor. Like that's the first thing you're going to think about when you, you know, when they you're bleeding. They actually ask you to do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some oh websites are saying that. Uh, which I think is completely weird and it's like, well, uh, unless you had miscarriages before and you know that it could happen, mm -hmm. sure, that probably is something you think about. But if no. you never had one, you never. I'm so insensitive. Mm -mm. So, yeah, the truth is you probably won't know for the first time that it's happening. And also it can happen anytime, anywhere, and you might not even know you were pregnant in the first place. Okay. So let's be cool. No, thank you. For the physical part, uh, there is a variation of symptoms. Let's say it's kind of like a spectrum. Uh, and I will only tell you about my own experience, uh, which was waking up bleeding. Um, not a lot, but a lot more than what it would be normal. I felt ill, dizzy, fever, um, shaky, cramping like a pregnancy. Well, I was pregnant, so I, I could relate to the cramping. And if you don't know what it feels like, it's like when you have your period and it's intense, but it's like even more intense and you can feel the stretch from your sides to your lower uh, abdomen. And I could barely stand. And it happened, I think, at six in the morning. I was going to work and I just woke up and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm just going to go to work. And thinking, oh, I'm just getting sick here. And I sent a message to my boss realizing on the way to work that I was so bad. I was like, please send back up because I'm not going to make it throughout the day. And um, yeah, it was only later, you know, and I'm saying later during that day, later during that week, that putting two and two together that I realized that, oh, this could be, this could be a miscarriage, actually. This is weird. I don't have my period, blah, blah. And so you take, you go to a doctor, you take some blood tests, um, you argue potential, you know, eventualities, and your blood test might show you that you are not pregnant. And it doesn't mean that you were not pregnant also. That's the thing. So it's mm -hmm. so confusing to mm -hmm. figure out was I, was I not. Um, and, uh, you know, 
me on the pill forgetting my pills like you said <laughs> earlier <laughs> maybe i take it a day later maybe i don't take it maybe also you're sick uh, if you're vomiting if you have diarrhea and yeah. stuff like that it's That's affecting too, yeah. the effect of your pill for a few days so yes um so why the miscarriage uh for myself i have my own hypothesis but i who who there are other uh, reasons why so they occur because the fetus isn't developing as expected. And it's about 50% of the miscarriages that are associated with extra or missing chromosomes, actually. So most often the chromosome problem results from errors that occur by chance as the embryo divides and grows. And it's not most often from problem inherited from the parents. It's also like, you know, don't feel like it's you and there is something faulty with your body, your family and, you know, genetic and all that. Most 50% of the time, it's just that it didn't develop properly. A chromosome problem, I will go through the names, something called blighted ovum, when no embryo forms, intrauterine fetal demesis, it's uh, the embryo forms but stops developing and dies before any symptoms of pregnancy happens. Uh, then the most uh, famous one is molar pregnancy and partial molar pregnancy. The molar pregnancy is uh, you get two sets of chromosomes from the father only. And so then there is an abnormal growth of the placenta and no fetal development. The partial molar pregnancy is the mother's chromosome and the father's two sets of chromosome. And so um, it's abnormalities in the placenta and abnormal fetus. So then your body is, you know, getting rid of what's not growing normally. Another set of reasons, uh, as a woman, you can have diabetes, infections, hormonal problems, uterus cervix problems, and thyroid problems. That's affecting the growth of your fetus. And then the risk factor, age. Yeah. The older you get, 35, over 35 years old, you have already a risk um, of miscarriage of 20%, 40 years old, 40%, 45 years old, 80%. So you have to, you know, the older you get, but we know that the older you get, the mm. harder it is. Mm -hmm. uh, if you had previous miscarriages, obviously it's, it can happen again. If you have a chronic condition like diabetes, um, if you have cervical uterine problems, if you smoke, you drink and you take drugs, uh, if you're underweight and overweight and uh, those tests they can take on you at the clinic that they tell you usually if we poke in your belly, they have sometimes to make um, uh, amniocentesis. They go inside your tummy and they take a bit of fluid to test it. That can provoke a miscarriage. But mm -hmm. you get to know that when you do those tests. It's very risky. But you have to take those tests to check that actually the fetus is normal also. So it's kind of like a... <laughs> Russian roulette. Do yeah. you have to take that test or is it optional? Som sometimes you have mm -hmm. to, yeah. Mm. And it depends also of diseases in the family and chromosomes oh, and okay. stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be freaking out, I think. Also, I just want to do a parenthesis here. The blood that you might be losing in the early stage of your pregnancy or in your miscarriage, it can be as little or as much. It, it, there is no right or wrong, right? It's mm -hmm. a spectrum. So just because you have a little bit of blood, it's like, oh, it's fine. It's nothing. You know, I think go to your doctor. Um, don't go on Google. That will give <laughs> you... <laughs> the, uh, the pictures, like I saw some 
picture perfect uh, fetuses the size of uh, you know a raisin box, for instance. Uh, this is not real, guys. This is called aesthetic. It's to either make it look romantic that you just lost a child, or to make you feel really, really bad. This is not. This is not how it's happening. You know, you you're gonna have uh, blood and clots, and it's gonna look viscous, or you mm-hmm. know, that's it. Don't think you're gonna see a mini baby coming out of a JJ. <laughs> it's not happening. Another thing you need to think about is post miscarriage complication. That's one thing my doctor said. He said. Afterwards, he said, if you have a fever, if you have pain in your stomach, uh, if, you, if there is a smell coming out of your vagina, please come to me. That means your body has not evacuated everything and that they need to do it manually uh, or you need to take some medicine because you are having an infection. It's literally rotting inside of you. So that's very oh, important. No. But that's super important because people think, oh, that's it. That's the end of it. And, oh and I'm God. done with that. Mm-mm. And finally... Um, I, I wanted to say um, when I had my miscarriage, I didn't know I was pregnant and I was really, really relieved, to be honest. I was like, oh, my body just did the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to buy a pill. Um, great relief. But a lot of people are expecting and are losing this baby. And it's very uh, difficult mentally. I think there is there is a lot of uh, um, there, there's not enough research on stress during pregnancy. And um, they say that uh, emotional state of mind can affect you definitely, but there's still not enough research. And it's very important uh, after your miscarriage that you talk to somebody, that you talk to your partner, because as we said, your partner will internalize and not want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Very important that you join some uh, groups on uh, social media. There's a lot of a big community of people who lost their children and that. There is no right or wrong. You can, you have time to grieve. It's very important. You have to take care of each other and you have to stay hopeful because it doesn't mean you can't have any kids. Actually, most people who had miscarriages, one, two, three, ended up having a child or a set of twins. Uh, it's just if you have a miscarriage, get yourself checked because you could find out that you have problems with your cervix. Maybe you do have uh, some cyst down there. You could have a... The, start of a cancer. So go to your doctor, get your checks, uh, have the surgeries that you need to have. You know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's it's a blessing in disguise. If you figure out that you have something wrong down there, please get it sorted as soon as possible. Mm. That's my miscarriage talk. Oh, <laughs> Was it intense? A lot Being a woman is hard, right? <laughs> I yeah. feel like the conclusion in this episode is being a woman as Sophie said, is hard. Mm-hmm. And I, as I said in the beginning or before we started recording, I've had my subscription for being a grown-up and I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with it. But <laughs> even though all of this, everything that we talked about, we make it through. You know? Do. So we are pretty strong. We're kind of superhumans, you know? Yeah. yeah. Every day superheroes. <laughs> 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 all right. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for educating us. And thank you for bringing your topics today. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Snakirikinask on Radio Nova.